So we're in a series that we've talked about the ups, the downs, and the all-arounds, right? Talking about relationships. And, and I, I uh, watched online live, and I thank the Lord for our live stream when we're not able to be here. And Landon just, just killed it when he talked about you have to go down to go up. And the posture that, that brings us to where we want to be, and it's the posture of Jesus, right? He came down so that he could be lifted up and we could be lifted up as well with him. That's the power of positioning yourself in the right place. And then last week, Isaiah uh, talked about don't set up your tent in the valley. He was preaching to some of you today, last week. He's preaching again today. Some of you are in a valley, a valley experience, and you've just kind of set up tent there. And God says, walk through. When I walk through the valley, I'll fear no evil because I know you're with me. He's with us and he's leading us through. Don't set your tent up there. Come on. And it, it and don't give up on what you're trusting God for. Amen? Amen? Never give up. Never give in. God is working. And we have to trust that he's working, and we have to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he is still God. He still sits on the throne. He still rules and reigns supreme. Nothing is shaking him. Nothing is surprising him. Come on. This last week, he didn't go, oh, I didn't know Billy was going to die. Didn't know that Florida shooting was going to happen. He sees, he knows, he knows exactly what's going on. And we live in a world that's sick, in a world that needs Jesus. And you and I have the privilege of reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and seeing them changed by his power and love. It's our privilege, it's our responsibility. But how do you do that in your relationships when they get all wonky, right? Because there's ups and there's downs, and then there's the all-arounds. Every relationship will go through a roller coaster ride of craziness. Christian, I've been married. 36 years, working on 37 right now, coming up in June. And uh, there still are times of craziness. I know, right? Richard Dresselhaus says, resistance and release. It strengthens muscles and it promotes good health. The same is true in life. It's a combination of adversity and rest that builds character. And even in our relationships, we can grow. They can grow as we come up against resistance. Amen? They can grow, but it's, it's our choice. We have to choose to grow and to go forward. We have to make a choice whether we're going to grow through this or we're going to stay exactly like we are. 
Now, some of us are so stubborn that we just want to stay the way we are and be miserable the rest of our life. And that's not a good idea. Can I just tell you that? If you're married, God gave you a spouse not to make you happy, but to encourage you towards holiness, becoming like God. I love the scripture in Hebrews that says, spur one another on to love and good deeds. What's that look like? Any cowboys in the house? You know what a spur is. Come on, baby. Let's go. Let's get it. And it doesn't, hurt. It doesn't feel good. There's some pain there, but it sends you in the right direction if you'll obey the pain. I'm going to go ahead and preach today. Don't be quiet on me, all right? So, Christy and I drove 22 hours to Wichita, Kansas to spend some time with my parents who were getting older. And uh, it, was, it was interesting just to see the dynamics that have changed in the house and, and we, we spent several days there and, and dealt with my mom and dad. And, and towards the end of our, our time with them, I had a moment. Anybody ever have a moment? I had a moment where I was insensitive to my wife. And I know none of you have ever been there. And you're perfect. You're the perfect husband. You're the perfect wife. And you, we give you kudos today. Come on, let's hear for those who are perfect today. <laughs> and after 36 years of marriage, you'd think I'd understand, right? After 36 years of, of living with this woman, you would think that I've learned every lesson possible by now, but I haven't. And I know you don't understand but it was a moment where I wasn't empathetic. I'm not saying I was, I was pathetic. <laughs> empathetic. Empathy. Empathy, here's what the word means. The capacity, some of you want to write this down, especially you guys. Go ahead and just get a pen out if you can and, and some paper. Nobody's moving, but it's all right. I know you got a steel trap up here. I know you got it, right? Empathy is the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing from within in their frame of reference. I'll say it again in case you're writing and you need to write it down and I didn't go too fast for you, all right? Empathy, the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing from within in their frame of reference. Sheila Walsh says, your reaction has nothing to do with what's in front of you and everything to do with what's inside of you. And so many times we, we look at someone's reaction or we look at our own reaction and we say, why? Why did I react like that? What, what was the big deal? The reality is something's going on inside. 
there was a young, successful couple that found their dream home, and shortly after purchasing it, the couple sat at their kitchen table to eat breakfast. And the wife looked out the window, and to her surprise, she saw her neighbor hanging dirty laundry on the clothesline. That laundry isn't clean. It's still dirty, she said to her husband. Someone needs to teach her a thing or two when it comes to washing her clothes. And a couple days later, the couple sat down at their kitchen table for another meal. The wife saw her neighbor hanging clothes on the clothesline, but this time, something was different. Wow, look, the surprised wife said to her husband, her clothes are clean. Someone must have taught her how to wash her clothes. Without raising his head from his plate, the husband kindly responded, actually, honey, I got up early this morning and washed our windows. <laughs> and so it is with life. What we see when watching others depends on the window through which we look. And washing our own windows from time to time will absolutely change our perspective. Just look at your neighbor and tell him, wash your window. Look at your other neighbor and say, hey, you get, you wash that window. Come on. And how do we wash the window of our life? I would say, first of all, through the Word of God, the Bible calls itself water. And, and in Ephesians, Paul the Apostle tells the Ephesian Christians, husbands, wash your wives with the water of the word. There's a cleansing that happens. And, it, and he's not talking about taking the word of God and beating them with it. I said that John says this and Apostle Paul said this. And it's, it's a cleansing. It's, it's like taking a good bath shower. I'm not a bath person, but I, I love to shower. Get that old stuff cleaned off so we can move forward in life. The Word of God, prayer, godly counsel, we, we need all of that to wash our window to see clearly. And so ask, ask the Lord for empathy so you can understand or feel what the other person is experiencing from within, from their frame of reference. What have they gone through? in life? How do they see things? What, what are they feeling right now? And why are they feeling that way? You see, when our relationships are all around, what, what do we do? Well, most of the time, our first reaction is to fight and defend our position, right? Now, wait a minute. Do you remember what you... And we put up defenses and we start going after one another. And, and the reality is, if we could change our perspective and not just see from our perspective, but see from their perspective, what if we did what Jesus said to do? What a novel idea. The one who knows the most about relationships and has the ability to come in and change our relationships. Back in 1998, uh, I wrote a song for our kids, for our first kids album called A Kid's Word. And uh, Allie was five and the boys were 10 and, and 12. 
And a little song that, that encapsulates this, and I decided to just play a little bit of it for you today. So, Brandon, hit it. Luke 6.31, this is what it says. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. And there's the question. How would I like to be treated? It's this, this one command could change everything in your life. It could change the relationships you're in right now could change the dynamics of your home, the atmosphere. The Common English Bible says, treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. How do I want to be treated? I put a line in that song that says, the golden rule keeps life fun. Because when, when you live by the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, all of a sudden... Life's not a stress because I'm thinking about somebody else. I'm, I'm, I'm having empathy. I'm thinking, where are they at? What are they dealing with? Can I feel what they're feeling in this situation? And if I can, I can put myself in their shoes because that's how I want to be treated when I'm in that situation. Are you hearing me today? Come on. And so here's this, this little bitty line in Scripture that, that Jesus said, and so many have misquoted this verse. They're like, do unto others before they get a chance to do to you, right? Now, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always, somebody say always, always. you will always harvest what you plant. You can't get away from it. If you're planting tomato seeds, you're going to get tomatoes. If you're planting strife and envy, you're going to get the same fruit. If, if you want to get love and respect, then you've got to plant love and respect. 
I'll just go this, this far as well. Some of you are like, I don't have any friends. Nobody friends me at the, at the power place. You know what Proverbs says? To have friends, you must show yourself friendly. You talk to me about not having friends, I'm going to look at you and go, have a look in the mirror at how you're coming in. Like, I don't want anybody to talk to me. Okay, we won't. Okay, all right. All right, sorry, you're here. But the reality is if you want something, you've got to plant that thing because what you plant, you receive back in greater measure than you planted it. And he says, don't be misled. Don't deceive yourself. You can't mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And here's where a lot of us fall down and quit. We're like, whoa. And like the whole tithing thing, the whole challenge, right? God says, prove me in this. And some of you are like, I did it for two weeks. I've given it three months. Where's the harvest? And some of you were probably the little kid in kindergarten when the teacher gave you that seed and put it in that little cup and you're supposed to take it home and water it, put it on the ledge, right? In the sunshine and you're, you're supposed to do all that. And some of you after a week, you're like, is it still in there? And you're digging it up and you're damaging the seed because you're not giving it the time that it needs. And he says, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't give up. There, there's a, a process to this and it's going to take some time. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I just want to challenge you today not to give up not to throw in the towel, not to dig up the seed that you've planted. Give it some time to grow and mature and become and produce fruit. He says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity. Some of you are going to have an opportunity after church today. Some of you have an opportunity right now because you came in here not talking to that person next to you. I know, don't look at them. Don't, do not look at them right now. But there's tension. You can feel it. You know there's tension. You, you were out in the car. You're like, and you come in, and the greeter's like, hey, oh, we're great. Oh, it's good to see you. God bless you. <laughs> you know, not that we've ever had that in our life. We, whenever you have an opportunity, do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. So I guess the question is, what kind of harvest do I want in my relationships? When things go wonky, what, what will I choose to do? Well, I think if we would all choose to show empathy, to understand and feel what the other person is experiencing from within, from their frame of reference, we're going to treat them like we want to be treated. We're going to wash our windows so we can see clearly. And I still, I still believe this one command has the power to change everything in our relationships. 
The Apostle Paul put it this way when he was writing to the Roman church. He said in Romans 13, 9, the commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't desire what others have, and any other commandments, it's like anything else, are all summed up in one word. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Because love doesn't do anything wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is what fulfills the law. And as you do all this, you know what time it is. The hour's already come for you to wake up from your sleep. Now our salvation is nearer than when we first had faith. The night's almost over. The day is near. So let's get rid of the actions that belong to the darkness. Some, somebody here needs to hear that today. You need to get rid of the actions that belong to the darkness. You need to put some things out. Put them in the garbage. Put them out on the curb. Take them to the dumpster. It's time that that life is over. And put on the weapons of light. Let's behave appropriately as people who live in the day, not in partying and getting drunk, not in sleeping around, in obscene behavior, not in fighting and obsession. Instead, dress yourself And it's a choice. Nobody's making you. Nobody's saying, you got to do this. He's saying, look, look, wake up. It's, it's daytime, right? And the night's coming, and, and it's, it's a time where we got to shine bright. So dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't plan to indulge your selfish desires. Some of us, we get up in the morning, we got a plan. It's like, dude, you're getting yourself in a mess. It's because you haven't put off the, the, the stuff that needs to be put off. You're just kind of keeping it near. So just in case, huh, just in case I'm going to get muddy, I'm going to take this with me. He says, lay that stuff aside and put on. Dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the deal. You can't do any of this without Jesus. I mean, we can try our best and, and go to marriage counseling and, and, and get, get all kinds of podcasts coming into our life and read every blog and, and every article about relationships. But if you don't have Jesus running your life, if you haven't put him as the Lord of your life, good luck, right? Because you need him. And... We all know Billy Graham died this, this past Wednesday. And here's something he said. He says, someday you'll read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? I shall be more alive than I am now. I will just have changed my address. I will have gone into the presence of God. Hallelujah. And, you know, you can sit here and go, well, I'm no Billy Graham. Yeah, I am not either. But the reality is every one of us can have that same assurance. Every one of us who gives our life to Jesus Christ and allows him to be the Lord of our life, we can have that same blessed assurance. And here's what hap will happen in your life, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. The worship band will come. 
Paul says this, may the God of hope fill you, fill you with all joy and peace in faith so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is so much that God has for you. And if you'll just open your life and receive him and let him change, help you wash that window, help you see clearly, give you empathy, and step into your all-around relationship, God has good things for you. He has good things for your family. He has good things for your life. Come on. Bow your heads with me, please. Some of you this morning, you, you walked in this place and you weren't sure what you were getting yourself into. And, and yet God brought you here for such a time as this. God stopped you at this intersection for a moment just to get your attention. And he's speaking to you right now and he's saying, hey, would you give me your life? Let me turn everything around in you. And I'm going to tell you today, if you'll just accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, everything will change. Scripture says, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And God wants to give you a new start. And maybe your relationships are okay. Maybe you're struggling right now in some relationships. And God's saying, look, turn your life over to me. Let me be the Lord of your life. And I'll step in and I'll guide you. I'll direct you. I'll give you the joy. I'll give you the peace. I'll give you the hope. I'll fill you with all that I am. And you need Jesus, just like Billy Graham needed Jesus, just like I need Jesus. You need Jesus to be the Lord of your life. If you'd like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you just to slip up a hand. I want to pray with you this morning. All over this room right now, just slip it up right now real high so I can see. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord. Yes, sir. Someone else. Yes, in the back. Thank you. Over here. Yes. Yes, sir. God's speaking to you right now. He wants to change the trajectory of your life. He will, but he waits for you to allow him to. Thank you, Lord, for these hands. Thank you, Lord, for these hearts who are saying yes to you. If you raise your hand, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you right now. And I say, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you in my relationships. I need you to be the Lord of me. And so I give myself to you. And I love you, Jesus. And I thank you for your sacrifice that sets me free from all my sin. And I receive your salvation today. And I get a brand new start because you're living in me, Jesus. I love you. And I will serve you. I'll follow you all the days of my life. Amen.
Hallelujah.